Hi, and welcome to the Tall House Podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode. We are rebroadcasting a class that I just taught last week on recession-proof skills. So it's a little different than our normal intuitive business conversation, Friday conversation, which you guys are loving. So thank you so much for listening to it. Sometimes I'm like, is this, is intuitive business boring? Am I the only one who cares about this shit? And then you all download it. You all listen to the episode and I'm like, okay, cool. Other people like this. So thank you. And thank you for sharing, like seriously sharing this info with other people helps us get found by more amazing people. And that helps us make more amazing content. So I'm so grateful every time you share. Seriously, means the world. And I love when you tag us on Instagram too. Like, oh, I cry. So thank you for that. And I hope you like this week's episode. This was a masterclass that I taught live. So the audio quality isn't as pristine as it is right now, but you know, you get what you get. It's all good. I'm sitting in my office drinking a non-coffee coffee and looking at my altar, which does actually have coffee on it because, you know, the Italian ancestors wanted it. Also, my grandmother was a big drinker of coffee and is where my coffee adoration came from. So I got some coffee on my altar for all the homies. And I'm looking at this candle spell that I have been working for the last like four days. And it is... Can, when I tell you that the glass on this candle is so clear. There is no soot. I'm elated. I'm elated. I feel like that's like, it's such a good sign when it, when it burns clear. So anyways, that's what I'm looking at. And I'm drinking my non-coffee coffee because we have a review in the cusp coming out next week on two products that are non-coffee beverages because we got a lot of requests for that. And I'm really excited. The two options are Recoup Wellness and Everyday Dose, which is the mushroom latte on Instagram. And oh boy, do I have some some spicy, spicy information, insider information for you about these two brands. So if you're not part of the cost already, it's our private hype beast wellness community where we talk about products and services and trends in the wellness space. We publish product reviews that are brutally honest. And we also publish monthly trend reports that are super deep dive research reports on what's happening in the wellness space. And then we give you a bunch of ideas at the end of every paper for how you could implement what you're learning in that from that, you know, takeaway in your own business if you have an intuitive business. It's also just like a really cool group of people who are, I don't know, probably like you and like me, where we want to have our finger on the cusp of or on the pulse, I should say, of what's happening in the wellness and well-being space. But we're also trying to be conscious consumers and just trying to like navigate the best pathway for ourselves. And we know that buying things doesn't make us well. And also I really like my morning coffee. So so how can I sort of justify those two things together or or make sense of those two things together, those two sides of me? And so it's just a really cool group of people who are into that. Plus we get you perks and discounts and all these wonderful things. We recently had a class with the breathwork and online meditation app called Open, which was amazing. Oh my God, it was so cool. There were a hundred cuspies in the class. It was amazing. And the community's growing every day and the first two weeks are free. So if you haven't already joined, I recommend it. And if you like this podcast, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, it's kind of like a Patreon. 
you know, if you like, like the content that we make and you want more of it and you want to support us and you don't necessarily want to join the North node, but you just like what we do and you like the way we write and you like the way we think and you want more of holisticism, then the cusp is an amazing way to support what we do. And we really appreciate it. Plus you get lots of awesome stuff. Okay. This class, what is this class? I'm teaching a series of four classes. I just taught the first one, which is what you're going to hear today on recession proof skills. There's nothing like graduating with a degree in dance in the middle of a economic, one of the largest economic downturns of U.S. modern history to really teach you how to be scrappy and how to build some recession-proof skills. And I sort of, I call recession-proof skills things that are going to be valuable to businesses and brands and companies, skills that are going to be valuable no matter what, no matter if your budget is like a thousand dollars or a million dollars, there are still skills that every business needs at its core. And when we have a bigger budget, we can spend a little bit more money. We can like play around a little bit more. We can get fancy. We can get fun. We can go super niche. So I would say things that are super, like an example would be like SEO, right? Or maybe having someone who's like a video editor on staff, like that's amazing. And being a video editor is like super, super valuable when shit hits the fan and people are <laughs> are cutting costs. Is it going to be one of the first things that goes? Depends on the brand, depends on the company, but I would say, yeah, those are often the things, something like SEO or a predator, producer and editor, or even like a project manager. These are things that we can do without. But there are some skills, there are some things that you absolutely need in order to have a business run. And those are going to be things like building community, marketing, copywriting, and conversion. So getting people to actually buy that product or service is the point of the business, right? So if you can help people do that on a tight budget, and if you understand the sort of framework or the context around it, not just silly little hacks that'll get you there, then you're going to be invaluable to any brand or any company that you work with. But also if you're running your own thing, you've got that main group of skills that you need in order to get your thing off the ground and to get, get things going. And then as you sort of get the flywheel of income coming in or revenue coming in, you can bring in more people who can help you take it to the next level. And I deeply understand that as someone who ran this business by yourself for almost three and a half years and then was able to you know, finally bring people on or maybe work up the ovaries to finally hire people to do some of the jobs and that I didn't have the bandwidth to do anymore or to do things that I wasn't trained to do that I'm not good at. And that are definitely like extra and nice to have. And I know that, you know, God forbid, if something were to happen, I would have the skills that I need in order to make this business work. So that's what I wanted to teach in this series of classes called Recession Proof Skills. And I taught this series of classes, not these exact, but I taught a series of classes last year around this time called Recession Proof Skills. And it was super well attended and people loved it. So we figured we might as well do it again. So these classes are free. I'm teaching four. Well, I've already taught one. So there's three left and they're every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific time. And I love them. I love teaching them. So this class that you're going to hear today is about building magical community. And my thesis is that, you know, anyone can build an audience because an audience is something that you can pay for. <laughs> but not everyone can build a community. And community is really where, is really something that you need the skills to build. And it d doesn't mean that you have to be like amazingly skilled. It means that you just have to be like 
down to get your hands dirty (laughs) and kind of fumble and not know what you're doing and try new things. And to me, building community and focusing on a community as opposed to focusing on an audience is really necessary to running an empathetic, intuitive business that centers people and the communal over centering an individual or a product. So I'm excited for you to listen to that and to have some takeaways. And then I would love for you to join our other classes. I'm teaching three more classes. There's one today. If you're listening to this episode, when it comes out on on Friday afternoon, on April 2nd, it's called Profitable Content Creation. So we're going to talk about how to make money off the content that you're making. This is something that I posted on IG this week and a lot of people resonated with it. But you know, when I say free content, there really is no such thing as free content. We've talked about this on the podcast in previous episodes, but you know, everything is energetic exchange. Everything that we're doing is energetic exchange. So every time we make a piece of content, we put it out for free. There is an expectation of what's going to come from that. And then typically it's transactional and there's nothing wrong with that. And if you are just making content for the sake of content sake and you're wondering why your bank account is empty, well, there are a couple reasons and there's a, a couple troubleshooting answers that I can give you as to why that keeps happening. And I, I'm here to tell you like that shouldn't keep happening. You shouldn't be in a position of energetic exchange where you're constantly giving too much and it's unequitable or it's unequal or it feels unbalanced. That's not a healthy relationship. So we're going to talk about profitable content creation because if you're already fucking making content, you might as well be making money off of it. That's today on Friday, April 9th. I'm talking about conscious copywriting for spellcasting. Copywriting is one of my favorite things to do. And I spent a lot of, I got paid a lot to do it. And it's really what helped me bootstrap holisticism. And I disagree with a lot of the copywriting information that's out there in the world because it can feel really scammy and gross. And I don't think that copywriting needs to be like that. It can be fun. And then finally, our last class is on launching your own products on April 16th. So if any of that is exciting and interesting to you, oh, it's launching your own products and being your own boss. So if any of that is interesting to you, go sign up. Class is free. You just make an account in our Mighty Networks Hub and you can sign up for the classes. If you can't join us live, that's totally fine. We send out replays to all of the classes to people who have RSVP'd. If you don't RSVP, I can't send you the replay and then both of us are sad. So (laughs) make sure that you RSVP. And oh yeah, and everyone who comes to these classes gets an early bird discount to the Profitable Content Creator Lab, which officially opens its doors on April 19th. It's our course that takes you through which is kind of meta, the magical and mystical ways and practical ways of making course content, membership content, and paid content. This is what I spent a lot of my life doing before holisticism. And then of course, holisticism. So I am pretty familiar with it. We use magic. That's why I am burning actually a candle right now. And we use mysticism, things like the Akashic records and intuition. And we've got a lot of awesome bonus content that's coming alongside PCCL. Everyone who joins gets a sigil pin that unlocks like their creative. It's a sigil and a spell because that's what a sigil is that basically unlocks a creative portal for you to be the highest version of yourself, which is really fucking cool. And we've also got some other things, opening ceremony, closing ceremony, some tricks up our sleeve that I think you're really going to love. And we are offering it at a very steep discount for the next three weeks. So if you join any of these classes, you'll get access to the discount code, the discount offering. And that is our sliding scale this time around. So if you're waiting for the sliding scale, that's your option. And again, it's really steep discount. So we wanted to make it as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. 
Okay. I think that's it. I'm really excited to hear what you think about this class. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, everyone. Welcome. And I cannot wait to talk more about building a magical community with you. This is one of my favorite topics to cover. And I probably could write and teach a college course over like quarters and years on this topic. And um, as I learn more, I'd probably add more to it, but I'm going to give you as much as I possibly can in the next hour and be as thoughtful and deliberate with my words and our time together as I possibly can and make this as valuable um, as I, as, as I can, because your time is important. And I just love this. I love this concept and I love this topic. So I might say the fuck word. I might get excited. I might start sweating. Let's just go with it. I'm a human. I also might make mistakes. Again, I'm a human who gets stage fright. So I really appreciate your grace. And I'm just really excited that you're here. We're talking about building a magical community. So I love talking about community because community is the vehicle that will get you anywhere that you want. I think that you know, I'm teaching this, this series of classes called recession proof skills because I teach about intuitive business. And because I believe that when you are aligned in your purpose and in the way that you approach your work, it can be simple. It doesn't always mean it's easy, but it can be simple and it can yield to that abundant harvest, like the card that we pulled earlier. And I think that most of the time an intuitive business starts with community. So Understanding how to build community is one of those invaluable recession-proof skills that no matter what, no matter whether you're starting your own business, whether you're joining as a consultant with another brand, whether you're coming on as an employee, it's something that you need to know and understand. And it's also something that can't just be bought, which we'll talk about in a second. So it's a really um, tricky concept and sort of like tenuous concept to sort of learn and embody. But once you do, you are invaluable to any company that you work for. And more important, well, not more importantly, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. But if you want to run your own thing, if you want to have your own business, if you want to be your own, I don't know, boss witch, then running and learning how to build a community for yourself is, I think, key to your success. And I'm going to just start by saying, I read something uh, this week that really resonated with me that I wanted to share and just mirror back to you. This week, I took this class on cutting your own bangs, which I'm obsessed with. I mean, TBD if my bangs turned out that great, but I had so much fun learning from this amazing hairstylist. And she was talking about, you know, her, her sessions usually are like $600 to get a haircut from her. And she was talking about how she's giving away her secret sauce for free. She's teaching people how to cut their own hair and they're doing fucking awesome jobs for free. And I just was so inspired by that. And, um, and I had such a great experience and, you know, she said, master chefs give their best stuff away. The masters, the people who like know their shit, they always give their best stuff away. Now they don't always give it away for free. You know, your master chef gives it away, maybe in a cookbook or maybe like Julia Child, but uh, it's something that you pay for, but they still, they don't hoard that information, right? They know that their gifts come in that unique, special way that like they deliver that plate in front of you. It's not in the technique. It's not in the framework. It's in all the other stuff inside of it. 
I love using spell work and ritual in my life and not just in my sort of like mystical life, but in my everyday life. And so I actually have a spell candle burning right now. I did a ritual before this and pretty much everything I do and the way that I approach business comes from a mystical and magical perspective. Um, so if you don't like that tough titties, cause that's what this class is all about. And I'm a Pisces. Pisces sun, cancer, rising Scorpio moon, which means I have a lot of feelings. I love to cry. And I also love to laugh. I'm a huge fan of hobbies. Like I think that hobbies are, are amazing. Like, why don't we do them more? I'm just so sick of people trying to like embody capitalism all the time and take like the things that interest them and try to make money out of them. I don't think that that's the reason to live or to exist. I don't think we need to monetize every single thing that we do. Some hobbies that I'm trying lately are cutting my own hair. I have a lot of it. So I think that that hobby will last me for a little bit and longboard dancing, which I am terrible at, but it's really fun. And I got my start learning about intuitive business as a startup employee. And I worked in tech and the startup world for six or seven years. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what not to do, but I also learned about how to scale businesses and companies and audiences and communities from literally zero people, from idea, from iteration, all the way to millions of subscribers and clients and millions and millions of dollars in revenue, um, which was a really interesting experience. And I think that there are a lot of things that we can take from that and do our own way. And finally, I'm the head witch in charge at Holisticism, which started as an email that I sent out to about a hundred people four years ago. And it has grown to a community of over 75,000 people, um, tens of thousands of students at this point. And it's just a really cool, I mean, amazing community that you're part of. And um, it's been the joy of my life and such a delight. And it all started with community building. And I had no money when I started, zero budget, and um, was doing this thing by myself and definitely didn't know what I was doing. I made a lot of mistakes. I'm a four, six projector. So my sort of role in life is to make a lot of mistakes and then teach you how to not make those mistakes and make your life a lot easier so that you can have all the success without all of the pain that I had to go through. Okay. So, uh, that's what we're, that's me. That's the important stuff. That's what you need to know. Now let's talk about what we're going to do today. First off, it's a good day to have a good day. I just wanted to say that because it's been a really tough week for a lot of people. So, and a tough month, honestly, a tough year. Um, so even if just for this hour, like you're able to, I'm able to bring a little light to you. Um, that's my goal. That's what I, I want to help you do. Whether it's a good, good hour or a good day or a good week or a good month, I would like to like deliver some of that goodness for you. Um, but some things that we're going to talk about are an audience versus a community. What's the difference? Uh, community building as spell work. Told you I was a witch. Um, creating super fans and exactly how to do that. And then finally, feedback and failure. <laughs> or like deuces, I'm going to leave before that one. No, that's actually the most important part. We got to talk about failure. We got to talk about feedback. It's, it's really, really important. So let's get into it. First, Audience versus community in a fight. Who were to win? What's the difference? I would love to hear. I mean, I feel like the answer is obvious. This class is about community building, but I would love to hear in the chat. Who do you think would win? Audience or community? Or are you like, Michelle, there's no difference. This is a trick question. Uh, community. This class is about community. So I'm going to say community. And that doesn't mean that audiences are bad. Far from it. Like we need audiences. Audiences exist 
on all the platforms. We're trying to constantly build our audience and follower account and uh, listeners on our podcast and views on our, I don't know, YouTube and people that are jumping into our clubhouse conversations, right? Audiences aren't bad, but there's a difference between an audience and a community. And if you've been having a hard time making your thing go, making your product stick, making your service take off, it might be because you're focusing more on building an audience than building a community. So an audience is just who you talk to, right? We can think about it that way. Your audience centers around you, right? Or an individual or a specific product or a specific idea and what you or that brand or that company has to say. Your audience are the people sitting in the audience listening and witnessing, right? So on platforms like Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, a little bit on Clubhouse, depending on how you use it in a podcast, we're building an audience. We're getting a captive group of people to listen to what we have to say. And they might listen to you, you know, like just because someone's in your audience doesn't mean that they're going to take what you say to heart and embody it and like believe it 100%. They might though, they might. Audiences and many of our Instagram or social social media platforms create parasocial relationships and parasocial relationships are one-sided relationships. So if you were in a parasocial relationship in your life, perhaps with your romantic partner, it would feel very one-sided and like you were giving everything to it and they were giving absolutely nothing. And that is what we would call maybe like a stalking relationship. If you're trying to give everything to that person and they're not giving anything back to you, they're not replying. It's not so healthy, right? We don't want to perpetuate that, but that's what we create on social platforms. It's impossible for us to know every single one of our followers, even if you are amazing at connecting with your people on Instagram. It's impossible to create that type of communal relationship, something that's not a parasocial relationship because you are sending out a message to an audience. And again, audiences aren't bad, but they're different than community. And finally, you know, an audience requires constant input from you and engagement from you in order to continue to exist. You are putting the gas in the tank. Has anyone here like reached a burnout with Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or something where you're like, I can't, I just have to stop. I need to take a break. Just like, let me know in the chat. I, I feel like every other week I like threaten to get off Instagram, but I'm too weak. I'm just, that's what I, I know that about myself. And you don't, because you know that if you were to, that sort of well of people would dry up that abundance would cease to exist because it's not self-perpetuating because it requires gas or input from you in order to continue, right? Which sucks when you're tired, which sucks if you're lazy like me and I want to do like the least amount of work. Like I'm, I'm constantly searching for the easy pathway. I'm into right now this idea of collapsing timelines. How can I take something that's supposed to take me 10 years and make it take 10 minutes or 10 weeks? And still like enjoy that experience. How can I just make it easy? And where am I standing in the way of ease? Because I love to make shit fucking hard. Like I love to make things difficult because I feel like I earn it when I make it difficult, right? Like I earn the reward at the end of the rainbow if I make things really, really challenging. And that's not true. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I can keep, keep living by that, but I don't need to keep living by that. So how can we just like make our lives easier? And if we have an audience that we have to constantly like sort of keep spinning the wheel for in order to keep it going, that's going to 
that doesn't leave a lot of space for ease. And that again, doesn't mean that an audience is bad. It just means that it doesn't leave a lot of space for ease. It means that we are constantly putting out energy in order to get something out of it. We can't rest. We don't have space to rest. And I'm like, kind of not about that life anymore, you know? And I'm so curious for you when the shit hits the fan, which inevitably does like in any business, because we are all human. How do you think an audience responds when things go bad? I mean, you've all been on Instagram and you make a mistake in public when you have an audience, they turn on you quickly. People disengage. They stop believing, canceled. When things get hard, they bail. They're like, later, someone literally said bye. And can you blame them? Like when we're having, when we have a parasocial relationship with someone, when we don't really know them, when they haven't really been vulnerable with us, if they haven't seen us and acknowledged us and given us something back in return, it's really easy to write someone off. Think about when you felt, when you didn't feel seen by somebody it's easy to just say, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. I'm not going to call that friend anymore. They, they don't acknowledge me. They don't make space for me. So why would I make space for them? It makes sense. It really does make sense. We can't fault people for that. And again, audiences aren't bad. It's just, we have to know and understand that this is how they work. So community is different than that, right? A community is who talks with you. An audience is who you talk to. Community is who talks back. And a community centers around a cause, a purpose, the community, the collective. There's not one person at the center or one brand or one idea. You can't buy a community. You can buy an audience. And a lot of people do. And, you know, on places like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, where it is pay to play at a certain point, especially in a business, that can work. It can, it can work to grow your audience, to grow your audience by buying your audience, but you can't buy a community. You have to earn a community because an, a community doesn't stem from parasocial relationships. It stems from real relationships. A community is cool because it's self-sufficient. Because there's no one individual at the center of it, everyone is contributing to how that community works, how it grows. It is a living, breathing organism. And everyone has the opportunity to contribute equally if they choose to, if they decide to. And that can be a lot, you know, building community isn't for everyone because it can feel like a lot to hold, especially if you're the one who's sort of leading the charge. You have to create yourself as a container for that energy and for that space and also hold the vision for what it is that you want that community to look and to feel like. And honestly, if you create a community, they're ride or die. When the shit hits the fan, when things get really hard, when you make a mistake, which we we inevitably do, right? I make mistakes all the time. Um, They stand by you. They give you the benefit of the doubt. They call you in instead of calling you out. Because when you're connected, when we all, when we, we live by that idea that my liberation is connected to your liberation, then we don't want to leave someone behind. We don't want to just cancel someone, right? We want to call them in, ask for accountability, and then you know, love on them, right? Because that's really what accountability culture is. It's it's an act of service and it's an act of love. So there's less fear around building a community because also it's not all on your shoulders. It isn't all about you. It's not about the individual, which capitalism loves to tell us that our business and our work and what we do is all about us. And it comes all down to us. That's not true. It's a collective effort. So it's, I mean, I think, I think it's a collective effort. You can think whatever you want, but 
community, I think is what we need in a very cold and hard and difficult world. Empathy is fucking sexy as hell, in my opinion. And I think that building community is the future. And more importantly, is the thing that's going to help you bring what you have to bring into the world because you don't need to do it alone. You're not here to exist by yourself in a bubble and to do all of this work alone and have it all be on your shoulders. You're here to be supported and resourced by the people who are here with you. So how do we sort of pivot from audience building to community building? Well, community is really cool because we get to fall in love with people instead of falling in love with our product which is what an audience does, right? So when we fall in love with the people in our community, instead of the product we're trying to sell an audience, we get to fall in love with the problem, not the solution that we've created for the problem. And that's so much more interesting and also so much more expansive as a business owner. Because when you fall in love with people and what is up in their life and you're trying to solve a problem for their life, there are infinite possibilities for what you can do and make. You don't just have to make one service or one product or write one book that has all the answers. You can make all the things. You can try all the things and see what sticks. And that's fucking cool, in my opinion. I want to just give an example of a case study that we've done at the Profitable Content Creator Lab. And the Profitable Content Creator Lab, I'm actually going to talk about it at the end of this class because it opens officially on April 19th. It's our course that helps people make profitable content, things like memberships and courses and eBooks and digital downloads and sell them to their communities. And when I decided to make this. I really wasn't on my docket. It wasn't what I wanted to do or, or make a month in a pandemic. And I was really tired and I didn't know what to do. I was hosting this series of classes. Maybe some of you attended them. We did a class every single day for um, three months for the first three months of the pandemic. And they were all free classes with wellness practitioners. And people kept asking me, to build them, to, to teach them how to make profitable content or how to make content that they could sell now that they couldn't go to, I don't know, their server job, or they couldn't have one-on-one sessions live anymore. They couldn't teach dance classes. They wanted to understand how to take what they knew, their service and make it a product, a productized service. And so I just listened to them and I was like, okay, I guess I'll make this thing for you. And I didn't think it was going to do very well, to be honest with you. And it ended up being the best product that we've ever made. It was so fun. It like opened up, I have this image of the reading rainbow because it just like opened up the whole world to so many of us and it connected so many people. And it's the thing that people love the most. And I'm so excited to bring it back. So that all came from our audience saying, our community saying, we need this. And I was like, but I don't want to make you that. (laughs) I really don't want to make you that. Please, it'll be so hard. And being able to listen and and making it a little easier on myself. And it turned out beautifully. And I couldn't have predicted that. I couldn't have, you know made that out in my mind at my beginning of the year plan. I had to listen to what my community needed. So communities are cool for like lots of reasons because they give you ideas, right? But also just like, it's generally, it's a good business practice. Communities lead to lower customer acquisition costs, which is your CAC. CAC is what you're spending in order to get people to buy your product. And typically we look at CAC in terms of Facebook ads or Instagram ads, or just like 
ad spend in general? What does it cost us to bring someone in? You can also think about the amount of labor that you're putting in in order to get a conversion or get a sale. So your CAC goes down, your customer acquisition cost goes down when you have people in your community, people who are tuning in, who are contributing, who are there to be in conversation with you because they stick around. And by the way, they bring their friends in. They help you grow that community um, organically and effortlessly. Communities also lead to much higher conversion rates. We know that the key to really high conversion on a product or a service is the know, like, and trust factor. Do they know you? Do they know what you're about? Do they understand you? Do they like you? Uh, Seems pretty self-explanatory. And do they trust you? Have you shown up consistently for them? Do they know what to get from you? Do they know what to expect from you? When you're in community with with people, you naturally are consistent, right? You have to keep showing up for them. And so you build that know, like, and trust factor really, really quickly and really organically. It's a natural byproduct of building community. You also have product validation when you have a community, just like the Profitable Content Creator Lab. You get to test ideas in real time and see how people respond to them or relate to them. And that means that you're going to fail fast and you're going to fail a lot. You're going to throw a lot of ideas out there and people will not like them and they will tell you. And then you'll listen to it and you'll get to a better idea. So instead of spending months ideating and building something and spending lots of time and energy doing it, only to release it and have no one buy it and no one click on it and no one interested in it, you'll start to, you'll spend a week on something. You'll get some ideas from your community. They'll say, thanks, but no thanks. And you can move on to your next thing. So it saves you a lot of time and energy and heartache, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, There's also higher retention rates when you have a community because people want to stay around. And guess what? They're not just staying around because of you and your bright, shiny face, although that's a really big part of why people stick around. They're staying around because they love the other people that they've met in this space, in this community. They love what it has to offer. And that takes a lot of pressure off of you as an individual. You're not just like this, you know, performing monkey that has to sort of show up and be amazing all the time. You get to be a human. And I think that's really valuable. Um, And then finally, you have a longer lifetime value. So higher retention rate, higher and longer lifetime value, meaning that your customers or the people who end up working with you, your clients stick around for longer and they end up usually buying from you for longer. So they come back over and over and over again. If you're a service provider, that means that they don't just book one session with you. They book multiple sessions uh, over an extended period of time. If you have a product, something like, you know, you sell oils or you have a digital product, that means that people might subscribe to that product and buy it on a monthly recurring revenue, or they'll buy it over and over and over again. So instead of just buying this thing, and then as soon as it runs out being like, let me try the next brand, because I've created a relationship and within this community, I'll go back and rebuy this same product. I want to just give you a quick formula because I think it'll kind of help ground a couple of the things that we just said. And this to me is how you can kind of figure out the value of your community. So if you're thinking about making a product or service, just period, there's an important formula that you need to know. It's your conversion rate multiplied by your co- the cost of your product multiplied by the number of leads that you have. So let's say that you make a product called Nutrition 101, and it's a course that you make, right? So you're going to want to put in the price of the course. How much does a single unit cost? Or if I were like talking about this oil, right? What's a single unit of this oil cost? 
And then what's your target revenue? So generally, how much do you want to make? Maybe you're like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, cool. Homie, that's dope. Like, love that. Let's, let's do it. And then you're going to put in your conversion rate. Your conversion rate can be calculated. It's something that you're going to calculate and you're going to learn more about over time as you have more conversions, as you sell more things. An average conversion rate on an e-commerce site, like any anything on Shopify, um, where someone's just landing on a web page cold from like an Instagram ad or even from a link in something else, usually has anywhere from like a 0.5% conversion to 2% conversion rate. You can have a conversion rate that's much higher if you've got a warm community or a warm audience. People have conversion rates as high as 20% when they're really, you know, talking to the right person and really doing that marketing effort. So setting up an email list and setting up a nurture sequence and a release runway, which we talk about in PCCL, but basically is like sort of breadcrumbing ideas and the content that leads to the product. And then you're going to, that's going to spit out the target number of sales that you're going to have to make. So in this case, if we want our revenue to be a hundred thousand dollars, we're going to have to make 500 sales. And then that means that the number of leads that you want to get in front of is 10,000 people leads here. I use like super casually. I would generally say that leads are the number of people on your email list or the number of people in your community who are highly engaged. So I wouldn't consider your leads to be your entire Instagram like account following. I would consider them to be the people who are having that conversation back with you. And so to me, that's usually the people that are on my email list who I know are showing up to things like events that I'm hosting and uh, classes that I'm teaching and whose classes I'm going to that we are really in community together. So I just think that this very, very, very basic product calculator can be really helpful if you are trying to just figure out what's the scope of your project going to be and how much effort should you put into it and how much do you really need to build your community in order to see results. So, you know, you don't have to have a huge community to make $10,000 off of a $200 product, especially if you have a high conversion rate. If you have a 10% conversion rate, that means you only need to have 500 people on your email list, 500 people in your community. And that might seem like a lot, but if you go one step at a time, you know, start with your first 50 and then get your next 50, that number grows pretty quickly. And, you know, community, again, the other thing about community is that it naturally grows. It grows um, on its own organically. So let's talk about how to build and grow community because building community is spell work. It really is. It's very much the same as when you're casting a spell. So we're going to talk about that. And just like spell work, just like magic, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it's not a shortcut. So spell work and magic is not a shortcut to just getting what you want. You still have to put effort in. It just can make that road a little bit smoother and it can direct your focus and your attention. So that's all we're trying to do here. So let's talk about our very first thing. Number one, the first thing in building a community, you've got to build a container. Just like when you're casting a spell, you need to know what you're casting for and what kind of container that spell is going to need. So sometimes we need candle magic. 
Sometimes we need earth magic and we need to plant something in the soil. Sometimes we need the moon. Sometimes we need water, right? It depends on what we're trying to bring in, what we're trying to manifest, what kind of magic we're trying to bring into the world and what kind of result we want. So same thing with our community. We need to think about the container that we're building for our community. I have a friend who's way smarter than me. Her name is Sarah. And she came up with this idea called digital campfires. And I think it's so smart because if we think about a campfire, it's where people gather. It's where people connect. And there's no one leader, right? There's no one like leading the charge. Sometimes there is who's sort of like rounding everyone up. But the thing about a campfire is that we're all coming to it equally and we're sharing stories and we're contributing, right? And we're all responsible for the campfire. We're responsible for keeping that flame alive, for feeding it, for nurturing it. And then when we decide to inevitably wind it down, we have to be responsible and make sure that we do that. So ask yourself, where's your digital campfire going to be? Are you going to make a Slack group or a Facebook group or a WhatsApp channel or a Mighty Networks community like Holisticism or something on Circle, which is a really great platform that I, I absolutely love. Or maybe you're going to build a clubhouse club, or maybe you're going to make a private Instagram that makes it really easy for people to have conversations, or maybe you're going to have a Discord server, or maybe you're going to have a subreddit. And that's like, that totally makes sense for your audience and for your people and for where they want to show up around that digital campfire. So where's your digital campfire going to be? I know many of you have online businesses, but you can have a real life campfire too. So you can have in-person events, you can have in-person community. If you have a store or a physical location, those are great places to have, to create community. I love Mighty Networks for holding community because that's where I have my community. So I've tried lots of things like Slack and Facebook groups and private Instagram channels. And that was the one that worked the best for me and for my people, but your people might be different. You know, you got to go where your people want to go. And on that note, you know, just because you build it, like, doesn't mean they're going to come. Unfortunately, I wish that were the case. I wish it was you just make the container and people show up. But think about a campfire. People don't just like come out of the woods. That would be horrifying. You'd be like, are you a serial killer? Can you not? I don't want to roast marshmallows with you. There are so many different ways to build community. And as a projector who had a business by herself for the last three and a half years, I just thankfully had was able to hire a really amazing team to join me part-time. But I completely understand that doing it by yourself can be really tiring and you have to know when to rest and not just quit or not just give up. So you can figure out what you can find a way to make it work for you. You get to make the rules, you know? And when something feels draining or depleting, usually that is a good idea or like a good indicator that that's not true community because when it's all draining and weighing on you, then again, it's an audience, not a community. It's not about the collective. So we'll talk about how actually to make yourself feel less spread thin by enrolling the people in your community to step up into leadership. Okay, number two, second thing that we're gonna do with our spell work. We need to get clear on what we want. Has anyone ever cast a spell and they were like vague and then some shit happened and you were like, I didn't, I, that wasn't on the plan and I didn't know I had to not say that. <laughs> yes, it's scary. You're like, wow, I'm so powerful and also so careless. How could I be like this? So same thing with community, right? You got to get really clear on what you want and what you're creating and what you want the outcome to be. And then you want to make it very, very easy for people to say yes. In general, 
in intuitive business, we need to remember this idea that we need to make it easy for people to say yes. I actually just want you to think a little bit more. And I'm saying this for myself too, about how can I just make it easy? Like, how can I make it easy in general for thinking about collapsing the timeline? How can I make it easier to collapse that timeline? How can I get out of the, what if I am the thing that is in the way of things being easy? So if I were to remove myself, what, and it were to naturally come together with ease and flow, what might happen and where am I standing in the way? Let's talk about getting clear on what you want and helping making it easy for people to understand, right? People buy what they understand. So we want to make it easy for them to say yes. We need to make it easy for them to understand what we're selling or what we want them to do. What our call to action is. So if you're taking notes, write this down. What's your call to action? What are you asking people to do when they land on your Instagram or your website or wherever it is, is your, wherever your main page is, do they know what you want them to do? Or are you giving them lots of mis- mixed signals and mixed messages? So what's clear in the first five seconds of landing on your website? Cause guess what? Mm, I hate to say it, but most people are going to jump off your website like immediately. If they don't see something that they like in the first 0.5 seconds, not even five seconds, they're going to be like the later deuces. Uh, there's way more interesting shit happening on TikTok. And so I am not captivated by this. And honestly, that's fine. We are the same way. I'm the same way, right? I'm like, if I, I'm so, my brain is so small. If I can't understand something within like one second, I'm like, this is too much. I need to go with the things that I understand with small brain stuff. So are you clear when someone lands on your website? Is it clear in the first five seconds of what you want them to do? And if it's not, that's the first thing that you're going to change after this class. And you're going to make it really, really clear. And that might mean for you getting some clarity on what that one action is. So if you popped in the chat and you said like this, 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 and this, mm -mm, one thing, what's the one thing you want them to do? That's the spell work, right? If we write a spell that's vague and that has like all these potential outcomes and we're like, Yes. So I would like to make a hundred thousand dollars. I would also like a puppy. And, um, I also am interested in Hawaii. And, uh, if you potentially have a lover there for me, I'd also, I wouldn't say no. (laughs) It's like, okay. All right. Listen, one spell at a time, my friend, you know? (laughs) So is your, is your spell clear? And we can cast multiple spells, my dudes, like it's all right, but like, let's get clear on each individual step. All right. We're all interested in Hawaii. (laughs) Another thing that we just need to know and understand about human beings is that we can really only hold one idea at a time. So we can hold one single goal. This is a copywriting rule. And this is also a rule in magic. We can hold one thing. We can focus on one thing and one idea. When you are casting a spell or whenever you're doing energy work, you hold a vision in your mind, right? You don't hold like five thought bubble visions, (laughs) Hawaii, the lover, the money, right? It's like, Here's the vision. I'm laying on the beach. I'm holding up my phone. I'm opening the Chase Bank app. It has $10,000 in it, right? So what is that one single vision? What is that one idea that you want people to hold on to and to connect to? What is your call to action? What are you asking them to do? In spell work, this is our desired outcome. Next, we need to just like own that the magic of influence is really messy and can be really messy and can be very sketchy, you know, influencing people. It's powerful. Our job is not to control other people and it isn't to manipulate people. Our job is to help people make a decision. So you need to understand what is your ethical work to do. Now, some 
which is some people who do spell work think that are like, yeah, magic of influence is part of spell work. It's not bad. And I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't disagree. Like there's some magic that's, that's potentially unethical or immoral, but that doesn't mean that it's not, we shouldn't do it in certain circumstances. Right. But we need to have our own set of ethics. And so for me as a copywriter and an intuitive business owner and someone who sells things, my job is not to sell you something or to convince you of something, nor is it to convince you of my worth or of the worth of the product that I've made. All that I'm here to do is help you make a decision. I want to get you out of pain. And there's pain when we're, we are in that moment of, of not having clarity around a choice, around whether to do something or to not do something. So think about when you're on the fence about buying a product. Maybe you're like, oh, I really want to buy these inner compass cards. I've been thinking about them. I don't know. They're, they look really cool. The card that she pulled was awesome, but I don't know if I want them or not. And you're like refreshing the page and you're checking on them every now and then. You're just like on the fence, right? And it it's uncomfortable to be to not have clarity. What is it that Brittany Brown Brown says? Clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Same thing in this situation. My job as a seller of these is not to get you to buy them. My job is to help you decide whether they're right for you or not so that you can move the fuck on with your life and you can stop worrying about this shit. Because guess what? You buying this thing doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like I am nearly positive that this isn't going to like completely change the trajectory of your entire life. But you sitting around and worrying about this and distracting yourself with whether to make this choice or not is keeping you from being in your life and actually doing things and making way more important, bigger decisions. So it's my responsibility to help you make the decision as to whether that thing is right for you or not. So you can either move on or you can buy the thing and like start living. When I learned that it changed my whole life because all of a sudden I was like, oh, I don't have to convince people to buy things. I just need to like tell them whether this thing is right or not for them. I need to be perfectly honest about what they're going to get out of it. And they're adults. They can make their own decision. And like, I don't want anyone who isn't right for me. <laughs> you know, I don't want to convince someone of like how smart and cool and awesome I am. I already know all those things. I want people who see that and understand that who want to be with me and who want what I'm serving up. So let's talk about number three. The third step is surprise and delight. Within magic, we have to make space for magic. We have to leave room for magical things to happen. And this is where we build people from fans to super fans. And this is the like tipping point in building community is when you have super fans who are out there doing the work with you to build and grow that community who are advocates of you. So let me tell you a story about when I started holisticism. So when I started holisticism, I was working full-time at a tech startup and I started this newsletter and I'm super shy and I was so embarrassed. I was like, I can't believe I'm writing a newsletter. This is so embarrassing, but I just couldn't not do this thing. And so I started to get people on the newsletter who I didn't know. When I first started it, it was all my friends or people I'd worked with and as people came in that I didn't know, I wanted to understand who they were. And I said, why are you reading? Why do you care about what I have to say? I'm not like an influencer or famous or particularly, I don't know, like saying anything particularly interesting or groundbreaking. So like, why are you here? And so I started 
reaching out to everyone as they added themselves to this email list, which is a little bit psychotic, but like, let's take it, whatever, run with it, know thyself. And I would ask them, how did you, how did you find this? And also, can I take you out for coffee or can I hop, hop on a phone call with you? If you're in LA, I'd love to take you to coffee. If you're not in LA, I'd love to hop on a phone call with you and just like hear about what you're into <laughs> because I'm making this thing for you. So I guess I should know you. And that was insane because I did about a thousand coffees and phone calls in that first year. And I was so overcaffeinated and I spent a lot of money that I didn't have on like Alfred, but it was also really important work because I got to know and understand my people. And a lot of people I had phone calls with who might be here. Um, and that was so important to understanding like what people wanted and needed. And as I was able to sort of connect with them and there's probably an easier and better way to do it now, but as I was able to connect with them, they were enrolled in what we were building together. And that's something I always tried to say of like, oh, this isn't just me. This is like, we're doing this together. We're building this thing. We're, we're co-creating this space. And they started to tell their friends and then they started to tell their friends. And now I, then I, all of a sudden it was like this group of people who were all enrolled in the same vision, who were sharing it with their communities. And it started to grow faster than any one person could make it grow. And that's what community is all about. It's, and that's where super fans come from. They come when you enroll people in what you're up to and you empower them to co-create and build with you. So super fans come from actual connection. And when you let people know that they're seen and they're heard and they're valued, and it's, it's not for the faint of heart or for anyone who's allergic to coffee, it really does take a lot of effort. And that's why community building can feel scary and can feel really intimidating and can feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know how the, if I have the energy to do this. But I guarantee you, if you trust yourself and you, you trust your own cadence and you trust other people to help you, that you can do it. You can, you absolutely can. When you're thinking about surprising and delight, when you're thinking about enrolling other people, just throw out the rule book in general, throw out the things that you think you're supposed to do and just be yourself. I know it's easier said than done, but I think that that's really the, the key to your success is finding your unique success path, your unique success plan. A couple of things that help that make people feel related to you are hearing your voice. You know, we do so much of this of work over texting and messaging and DMs. So if you can bring back that human element and actually talk to a person, if you can DM someone back on like with a voice memo on Instagram, oh my gosh, it sounds so stupid, but it makes the biggest difference in the world. If you can reply to when people, when you put up polls on things like your Instagrams with a direct message to the people that, that spent the time to say yes or no to whatever if you want to make the, put this playlist out or this playlist, that makes such a big difference. They are seen. And remember, community is about seeing people. If you don't take anything away from this, I hope that you take this away, is reply to emails with videos. Because again, like any moment that we can just infuse a little personal touch and help people know that it's not like a canned response or message or like an assistant that's writing back for us, I think makes the biggest difference in the world. So I love this service called Loom, which many of you have probably used. Another one is called Bomb Bomb. And honestly, it takes less time to respond with a Loom message than it does like typing out a message sometimes. And it makes people feel so seen. I feel so seen. I cried one time when someone sent me a Loom message via email because I just felt so seen and heard. And it took them literally two minutes. It took them no time, but it's the moments like that, that really help you connect with and create super fans. It's these little thoughtful ideas or out of your way, just like adding a little more touch of character and empathy that resonate with people. 
And then finally, the, the way to really big, build super fans is to empower other leaders because that's what leaders do. Leaders empower other people to lead and to, they pull other people up with them as opposed to sort of pushing everyone down. Remember, an audience is when one person is like the sage on the stage. A community is when we're all sharing together. So you don't need influencers to grow. In fact, every time I've worked with influencers, it's always gone the opposite way. It hasn't gone as well as I had imagined it would. But when we empower our homegrown heroes, the people within our communities to stand up, to take a leadership position or a role, to share what they're here to share, we, when we empower them to speak and to use their voice, then they become super fans. And then that takes the weight off of you. And that builds community. And we really build community by leading by example, by showing people how to show up and how they can come to that space. And as humans, we we love, there's a reason we have mirror neurons, right? We mimic each other to understand what's socially acceptable. So people will, will begin to mimic your behavior and you have to be really thoughtful and careful about how you enter your space and how you act in your space because people are watching and they're copying you. And that's how you build community. Eventually it will be lifted off your shoulders because when you're really making people feel seen and heard, they'll feel empowered to act too and show up. And it won't just be all about you. All right. Number four, the fourth thing we need to listen and adapt. This is what happens in spell work when a spell doesn't go the way that we planned. That's why we write it down. So we have a grimoire as witches because we are, it's like a recipe book, right? And if you like make a bunch of cupcakes and they turn out like absolute dog shit, you don't want to make that recipe again. You want to change it and make sure that it turns out better. You're not just going to throw the whole recipe away. There's probably some tinkering that you can do. Same thing with your community. You're not going to like this, but Increasing your failure tolerance is key to faster timeline collapsing. So if you want to, I've said timeline, collapse the timeline a couple of times here. If you want that to happen, you need to increase your failure tolerance. And so many of us are afraid to fail, myself included. We're like, but that sounds horrible, but that sounds painful. And that is going to make me look stupid. Guess what? You're going to look stupid anyways. Like, hi, welcome to being a person on the planet. You're going to look stupid. It's okay. It's all fine. We survive. It's not fun, but we survive. Actually, sometimes it's fun. But in order to level up or be the fullest dimension of yourself, honestly, to have fun, to 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 do, to be, you need to increase your failure tolerance. You need to be okay failing. As you practice failing more and more and more, you'll get more resilient. And you can't get more resilient unless you fail. So you're going to have to be really brave and take that big leap and fail, put yourself out there, but then that will open up so much more of the world to you. That will collapse the timelines for you more quickly. If you are are not making the amount of money that you want to make because your, your products aren't selling or your services aren't selling, I would ask you potentially to ask yourself, are you actually selling anything? Like how often are you selling something? Are you actually putting yourself out there to be rejected? Because in order to make money, in order to make sales, we have to get rejected. Remember when we were talking about conversion rate and how conversion rate on like an e-commerce store is super low. It's like 0.5%. Guess what? Like 99.5% they're getting rejected. (laughs) But that 0.5%, that conversion is when they're, someone's accepting them. 
And so in order to make sales, in order to make money, we have to fail. It's inevitable and that's okay. And you get better and better and better at it. People who are the best salespeople are just the ones who have the highest failure tolerance. And so to get feedback, to listen and to adapt, we need to hear what our community has to say for us. So putting out surveys, getting feedback forms, doing community calls or community forums where you're listening and you're taking in what people have to say, and then you're really iterating quickly, you're adding that into what you do is going to help your community grow. It's going to help people also, again, feel seen and heard. So when they give feedback and you say, all right, we're implementing that, you know, we get, we get a lot of, we don't, we fuck up a lot of holisticism. Like we try our hardest, but we don't always know what the right thing to do is. Sometimes we have a brilliant idea and it doesn't turn out the way we wanted it to, to turn out. And our community tells us, they're like, that sucked. Love you, but that sucked. And we're like, okay, great. We got to go back to the drawing board on this and make it better. And it hurts. It so hurts when you like love something and you want it to be good and you worked really hard to make it and people don't feel, don't resonate with it. But at the end of the day, I'm here to fall in love with my people and solve the problem for my people. I'm not here to be in love with the thing that I made for them. And that sometimes sucks to admit. Okay. So final thing, number five is you just have to start to build community, you just have to start and you have to increase your failure tolerance and you have to be okay with people saying, thanks, but no, thanks. You're not for me because community isn't for everyone. It isn't. If you think about a community just by nature, it's going to be smaller and more niche and more specific than an audience, right? So just start, increase your failure tolerance and learn to iterate quickly and take those ideas, right? And that feedback and that information and apply it to what you do. And that is, that's magic too, right? We can't just like sit and meditate and cross our fingers and hope that what we want comes to fruition. We have to be in action. And we begin being in action by doing ritual. And then we have to go act. We have to like go be in the world and do the things. You know, again, magic is not a shortcut it makes the road a little smoother. It's like it paves the road for us, but we have to walk down the road. All right, that's the episode. I hope that you loved. I hope that you got something from it. And I hope to see you in the next couple of classes that I'm teaching. Trust me, it's always way more fun to teach classes live and to join them live. And I always stay on and answer questions usually for like an hour after the class. So if you have ever wanted to work with me or you've ever wanted to pick my brain or anything like that, come to class because you will get your questions answered even if they're off topic. I know it's pretty good deal (laughs) and class is free. So I would love to see you there. And uh, we have a link in the show notes to that formula for uh, that notion document that tells you what the formula is for figuring out how much money you're going to make off of the products or services that you have to sell. It's a really simple formula. I talked through it in this class. So if you want to start calculating for yourself, what your products might end up putting you at and how many leads you need to get in order to make a profit or to make revenue, then go ahead and grab that. It's a very simple little spreadsheet that you can add to your own Notion database. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you need to know. No. Good stuff coming in the cusp next week. Good stuff coming on the pod. Oh, and thank you always for rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Seriously, leaving a review is like the best thing in the world, and we are so grateful. And I've talked about energetic exchange on this podcast before, and at the beginning of this episode, but like, if you enjoy this and you like it and you want more of it and you're listening to it, it really makes such a big difference when you review us and you you write 
some words for us. Five-star reviews are, are appreciated. But we also want you to be honest. We could always do better. And we love to hear your feedback. Oh, and we're going to put a feedback form in the show notes as well because we're trying to get feedback and make sure that we're on the right path and we're really delivering what you want. So if you do have feedback and you're, it's, you can do both things. You can give us a great review and you can also give us feedback of what you'd want us to change in our feedback form. We'll put that in the show notes. We so appreciate you giving us your advice and what you love and also what you don't like. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. We want to just, we're here to please you and make things for you and you're our community. So we would be nothing. We truly would be nothing without you. And we love co-creating this space with you. So thank you for for letting us and for participating in it. And we're so grateful when you share the podcast with your friends. So thanks for being part of our team. Thanks for being part of our community. And I'll see you on the internet. Okay. Bye.